from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. What is up, everybody? Here we are. It's another Thursday night. It's time for Legends Look Back. We're trying out some new software, and it's great. It's fine. Whoa, it's something, that's for sure. In fact... I'm very excited to be back with the folks tonight, with all of you Legends lovers out there across the world, because after all, it's been a little while since we did, you know, uh, a show. I was I was out, well, we did a pre-recorded thing last week with my brother, shout out to my brother, Justin, he got, got rave reviews, Justin, they love Justin. Um, the, the cool thing is, I was out the week before that, it's been a few weeks, I've officially finished reading every single adult Legends novel, I'll accept your, your round of applause at this point. That's great, I, I applaud you. I'm not, I'm not hearing... <laughs> nearly enough applause yeah if you're out there driving your car you just if you're out there driving the car just you know don't don't applaud uh just drive safely everybody as you can if you're see walking emily your dog you probably shouldn't applaud either <laughs> emily's video's frozen we'll have her back in a yeah. second but uh all right we can hear her that's good i am reading the young jedi knights books i'm on number seven I'm trying to finish these up which i read a long time ago and it brought up an interesting conundrum that I posed to the Utini team. I want to hear. I want to hear your feedback, your thoughts on this live here on the air. And that is this in. Uh, what is this one called? Uh, I practiced this beforehand. I promise. In Star Wars: Young Jedi Knights, number seven, the shards of Alderaan. Which is that? Not the raddest cover ever. I don't know what is. <laughs> the purple and silver with the Boba Fett. Oh, nice. Okay, in this book, the Solo Kids give Leia. A rock from Alderaan as a birthday present. They're Yikes. like, oh, mom's about to have a birthday, which apparently birthdays are a thing in Star Wars. She's about to have a birthday, so they fly the ship to the asteroid field. You know the one from A New Hope? Um, mm-hmm. That's no moon. That that scene? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they get out the ship. They Tragic. carve they carve a, a piece of the planet. There's like a there's a there's a big shiny metal thing, and they're like, that must be the core of the planet still floating out here in the asteroid field, and they carve a little circle of it hmm. and to give her this rock. This is not the actual rock from Alderaan. This is a rock from my front yard I brought for illustrative <laughs> purposes. Some, Fooled me. Sometimes you got to have an object lesson. <laughs> All right? So here's, here's the question. Would you like a rock from your destroyed planet as a birthday present? Or... Is it kind of insulting? Hmm. What are your thoughts on this? In Darth Vader Annual Number One from 2016, one. which I just so happen to have. Thank you to our buddy Jacob for helping me find the panel. In this, there is yeah, this scene here. We've got Darth Vader gives Queen Trios a rock from Alderaan, so as to warn her. He's like, "This is what happened to the last planet that crossed <laughs> me. We freaking blew them up." So there is an example. Same thing. Same exact gift. Queen Trios, it's a threat. In canon, in Legends, it's a birthday present. Which size which side are you on? Are you on are you on the side of the birthday present or the threat? I um go ahead, Rick. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know about this one. I I don't know. I'm the type that likes stuff, and so I think I would <laughs> like a piece of my destroyed planet, so let's go with birthday present. Birthday present is Rick's vote. I feel like getting a rock from 
your planet that was destroyed. Ugh, man. I don't know how I feel about this. This is a weird one. I feel, I like, feel like it's totally contextual, right? It, it is. It, I feel like someone close to you has to give that to you, right? Yeah. Not like some like random guy. Object. Here's a, <laughs> you know, here's a stone from your dead planet. Not, not so or good. Or like, but yeah, it's it is like, contextual. um, <laughs> it, I mean, it was totally thoughtful tourist, from the kids. Touristy gift too, because like I remember my husband, he was he was like deployed to Korea for a little bit, and he has a piece of barbed wire from the demilitarization zone, the mm -hmm. DMZ. He has like it's like a. I don't know, like a little random gift. So I feel like it just is totally contextual. Like if it's in a box labeled like Alderanian rock, then it's like that's kind <laughs> of a touristy gift. If it's like hand carved from your children, that's pretty sentimental. Yeah. And if it's from your enemy, then, you know, I feel like that's enough said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so right. it depends Good on who's the, who it's from. <laughs> so your, yeah. your kids get you the rock and it's sentimental. Darth Vader gives you the rock and you're like, yeah, freaked out, yeah. right? Yeah, right. It's all Darth Vader gives you anything. I would be a little. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm still gonna say <laughs> if no. Darth Vader I gives you a gift, a you regift it. A rock. That's yeah. <laughs> so same. A dead now. rock, Freddie. Dead rocks. Nope, I pose. I pose the question to it. the team, and Corey Helton, CEO of Utini, Doctor Corey Helton, and CEO, um, he said it depends on if it has anybody's mummified corpses fused into the rock <laughs> oh, <laughs> like if there's any yeah. dead bodies like stuck in the rock so. <laughs> not fossilized incinerate no i don't know yeah no that's a good point <gasps> yeah so let us know in the chat uh we got dale here says a little bit of both i guess it depends on how well you understand your emotions uh from my own kids it's the thought that counts so uh, oh we got the mm. we got the comment right there on what? the what that that's looks that looks fantastic. If you're, yes. If okay. You're, uh, For us audio listeners, we're trying out some new software. And apparently <laughs> you can see comments on the stream, which is really yeah. exciting. Yeah. So you've always been able to read them, <laughs> but now you can see them. So if you've never caught us live before, you can actually see your comment featured on the show. So join us. All the That's more right. incentive to join us live, which is what we are doing right here tonight. So without further ado, and now Freddie's trying to see if he can get naked palps up here on the screen. Rick, please oh cut the word. video. Get it, to, get, get it to the next scene before we get him up on the screen, please. Let's start the show. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people who only watch movies when they're on VHS tapes with 25-year-old commercials, where we <laughs> celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, back from a one-week strike after my co-hosts talked about Star Trek in my absence when I was out sick. <laughs> and I'm joined by said co-hosts, fresh out of detention, Freddie C. Speaking oh of God. old commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie's... Shaving his beard with a machete? Looks, looks like a K-bar. It's, uh, it's an AK-47 bayonet, I believe. <laughs> okay, okay, nice. Okay. Old, of course old. you own an AK-47 bayonet, Freddie. Of yeah. course you do. I don't I, even question I that for a second. I would like one. That's pretty cool. It's a very, yeah, you know, very old piece. You know yeah. who loves who loves knives? In fact, he keeps them... He keeps them right <laughs> on top of his underwear drawer. Don't Our tell. producer, Rick Grace... <laughs> And just for that, I knew that was gonna tie in. 
Pretty uh, see naked palps. Yeah, uh. okay. Uh, yeah, it's true. I have a knife set above. Like all my knives are right on our dresser. I don't have guns in the house, so if somebody like breaks in our house, I'm gonna come at them half naked with a bunch of blades. <laughs> it's gonna be terrifying in more than one way. So you've been warned. I, I like. I like that in your attempt to like go and get a weapon, you might accidentally get a bunch of underwear. Because <laughs> yeah, they're right next to each other. You never know. You never know. It's a little bit of pre-show sure banter that right is one. now. <laughs> yeah, it's your it's your punishment, Rick. We're talking about Star Trek when I'm out. Um, we do have one more co-host to introduce, and that is, of course, you know, I don't know if she's to blame for the Star Trek madness. I feel like she was very much just like thrown into the midst of it. She also, you know, being a very sport. much played ball very nicely with the ships conversation that y'all had. Yeah, you always throw out. me to the ships. Like <laughs> and you that always is Emily leave, and then they talk ships every time. <laughs> I think I held my own this time. There was some yeah. frantic Googling in the background, yeah. but I made it. And it actually was a pretty, apparently I would win the ship draft. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, people do like your choices. They do. <laughs> it's hard to beat like the Millennium Falcon and like the Lusankia. I mean, I had some strong, strong contenders last week. So For if you sure. haven't listened that's to right. that yet, you should catch up. That's right. That's right. Well, tonight we're going to talk about more ships. In fact, the ships show kind of teed up what we're going to be talking about tonight. That's right. The ships show. I really <laughs> nailed that pronunciation, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Um, we are, of course, talking about the Legends Classic, which I sadly don't have in my hands at the moment. Mm-mm. Like, I've never done this stuff before. Hey, What's wrong with is. me? There it is. Freddy's got it. That is the Back to War mm. by Michael A. Stackpole. Freddy's got him a 30-year-old copy over there, don't you, Freddy? Probably. <laughs> Oh, those are mm. almost. Do we, how many do you have of the same one? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. These are, are first four. Okay. Looks like one through four. Rogue Squadron. We are doing our back to war roundtable at long last. In fact, much, much acclaimed, much clamored for. The folks have asked for it. In fact, we we accidentally, you know, released an audio episode labeled the back to war. Mm. Whoops. Uh, that's my fault for not changing the description. In click up and yeah, but you know, hey, this is the real back to war. What if the real back to war was the friends we made along the way? And you know, <laughs> that was a good line. That's a good line. The more you know. <laughs> I was just thinking about how we banter for so long sometimes that people could be listening to that episode and never even recognize till later that hey, wait a second, they never talked about the back to war. That's an excellent that actually, point, and I apologize if that was you. <laughs> that Dear did listener. happen. Um, whoever it was, they were a good sport about it. So oh, shout good. out to, okay. uh, forget somebody. It could have been Surfer Eddie. <laughs> uh, could have been, uh, no, Aiden, Aiden, Aiden. So shout Thank out to you, Aiden, Aiden for getting halfway through the episode before he thought to question. No, there was, there was a discrepancy between the description and the, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> we are here for the back to war. Finally tonight, Emily, give the folks the facts on what exactly is the back to war. Nothing but the facts. All right. It is written by Michael Stackpole, published in 1997, and it is the fourth book in the X-Wing series, the final entry in the first wave of books focusing on Rogue Squadron. And the reason we're covering it now is it was re-released in November of 2022 as part of the Essentials Legends Collection with a sick new cover. Hmm. Is that factual enough for you? Absolutely. That was great. That was Thanks. great. I loved it. Perfect. You know, here's the fun thing. It's time for the summary. And we're going to describe what exactly happened in the Back to War. 
Now, I did something different with the summary this week, and I'm very excited. Uh oh. First, we're going to read the summary, and then I'm going to tell you how I came up with this summary. Are you ready? Oh, I, I can I? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, here we go. Rick, Who's you want to do the it? honors? You want to read? Yeah, you want to read the sure. summary? I'll, I'll it's, read. It's it. like when the it's like when the Bible class teacher asks for a reader, and everybody uh, looks like they've never seen a Bible before. Yeah, they all. That's what's they happening a little right look, now. Look away, you know. Try to avoid. Avert your eyes. Don't look at the teacher. <laughs> but yeah, I got. I am this. in fact illiterate. Yeah, that's yeah. that kind of look. You've all been right. called upon, Rick. This is your moment. The First of all, one. spoiler warning. So you should know that there are spoilers coming for this book. Here we go. After the fall of Coruscant and the flight of the Emperor Empire's leader, Isan Izard, when she released a virus that only attacked non-human species, she conquered Thyfera to control the galaxy's Bacta supply. Rogue Squadron saw the need to take Thyfera from Izard's control. However, the New Republic refused to authorize the mission, leading the members of Rogue Squadron to re-sign their resign of their commissions and go <coughs> rogue. <laughs> nice. They formed their own base and were outfitted with equipment and supplies through donations, sales, and acquisitions. With the help of various allies, including the return of Broar Jace, plus scoundrel types like Talon Card, Huff Darklighter, and Booster Tarek. <gasps> Yeah. The rogues conducted numerous hit-and-run attacks on Thyferin Bacta convoys and refineries, using the stolen Bacta to finance their war and donate to the New Republic. Popcorn Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new name, Popcorn Freddy. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah, it's not, uh, as, that's not as good as Spready Freddy, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks to Cheryl on that one. All right, here we go. Here's the next, the next phase. On Thyfera, Isard worked closely with Fleury Voru and Elise. Oh my gosh, hold on. I just can't say this name. It pisses me off every time. Irisi <laughs> Dlarit. As they allied with the tra traitorous Bacta faction, the Zukfra Corporation, the rogues teamed up uh, the other faction, the. What is it? The Zaltans? Zaltans? Mm -hmm. Is that. Okay, the Zaltans. I think so. And the Ashern a Vratix resistance group of bug commandos or something like that. Honestly, it's a lot of bug stuff. <laughs> a lot of political bug stuff. Uh, they want. <laughs> they went back to the old school rebel tactics with hit and run attacks on the back to supplies, drawing out Isad. Uh, Booster Tarek was able to uh, bluff the imps at Yag Dual Base and stole the virulence Star Destroyer, Star Destroyer 2, for himself, uh, mm. as as Corin Horn said, uh, a ship to fit his ego. Ooh, uh, the greatest <laughs> greatest name ever. I love that name. Uh, a strike team infiltrated Thyfera on the ground while lots of pew-pewing took place above. The rogues, with the help of Bash Kraken, uh, his A-wings, of course, uh, won the battle by refitting their X-wings with a boatload of missiles and proton torpedoes with... Uh, Jared's cursor, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. With Corin taking out Irisi head to head, and team up, teaming up with Tycho to take out Isard, or did they? Next. 
In the end, Booster got to keep the Star Destroyer, which he renamed the Errant Venture. Ever heard of it? Mm. Wedge was given command of the Lusankia, and the rogues were welcomed back into the New Republic military. Oh, yeah, and hey, Corrin and Mirax were married, which yeah. Booster was real happy about, I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> so it is time for me to reveal the secret behind <laughs> the summary. Anybody want to take a guess? Uh, what, it was uh, what was different? Definitely written as if you were talking that's for sure <laughs> i could that's hear true. you as i was well, talking and i was like okay <laughs> i punched it up a bit you did you was, did but was it written by a robot it was written <laughs> by a robot do this i got the robot i got the ai to write a summary of the back to war i crazy. I, I took i took all the information i could i copy and pasted all the information i could find about the back to war on the internet it's plot into the chat in the chat GPT, and then I was like, "Write me a summary in 250 words." And then I was like, uh, "Write me a summary focused on the characters." And then I was like, "Write me a summary with some heart," you know. And so I went through all these, wow. and I punched it up, and I added some things, and took stuff out, and probably spent more time on it than I normally would. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> a normal. You really had an experiment right there. You know, summary, it's funny. But... Even though you used a robot, there's—I mean, your personality is 100% in this thing. I think we can oh, all yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You went through and added your commentary, your little flair, because you can't yeah. leave well enough alone, Jared. <laughs> That's Get very it. true. You should have seen. A little you, sh- you should have seen some of the stuff it came up with. At one point, Luke Skywalker saved the day, which is not. <laughs> oh yeah. At one point, at one point, the battle was against Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then in another one, they they battled the Bacta. The Bacta was the villain. <laughs> wow, that's like anti-vaxxers or something, you know? Like. <laughs> this episode Bacta. is unhinged so far, absolutely unhinged, and we're only well, on the rating. Let's go around the horn. Let's start with uh, with Rick. Let's give the ratings for the Bacta War. We've got five categories: masterpiece, incredible, good, fair, and. Mediocre. Where does the back to war fall for you, buddy? <laughs> well, here's the deal. This one, this book had a lot of good space combat. The pew pewing above and above, man, that did yes. not do justice for the <laughs> incredible, yeah. or dare I say, masterpiece. If, 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 okay, whatever. I'm trying to make up a word that has to do with masterpiece. Some really, really good. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, some great space combat. Horrific. Exactly. Masterpiece horrific. And so, um, I have a hard time rating this one. It's not like yeah. the best book ever. Um, it is at least incredible, but there are some moments that I would say are masterpiece. The whole take of um, what becomes the errant venture, that whole like space station battle was so good. I loved it all. The very yeah, Thrawn. Just, I, I have to tell you, when I read that part with the whole errant venture and Booster Tarek and, and all of that, yeah, I, I knew you were like in on it. I was like, ah, oh, Rick's gonna love oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's probably my favorite so far. So it is at least incredible, but part of me wants to say it's a masterpiece. Hmm. Great. Right. I I do remember you saying a few weeks ago that you loved mm-hmm. all the space battling. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. 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 Emily, what do you think? <laughs> Where does this rank for you? Okay. So as it stands now, I think I'm going to have to go with Incredible. Hmm. I There's some wiggle room to go up to Masterpiece. The things that are holding me back are the first chapter, which, let's face it, made me want to hurl. Uh, there's just oh, a uh, lot yeah. of like romance it is stuff. 
And uh, I'm just not used to that. Wasn't expecting it. And to hear hear it on audio at times one speed, which normally I'm, I am like bump it up to times <laughs> 1.5 or 2. So like I was oh. already really thrown yeah. listening to it at like half the speed it normally goes. And then to have it be like extra drawn out <laughs> was hard yeah. to take. But it was a really good book. Like it, I loved every like there were so many different segments of the book, different characters that I thought had a wonderful arc. And there was just there was layers on layers on layers, which I loved. And it was action packed. So I would say there's room for me to bump it up to masterpiece, but it's definitely incredible. Cool. Yeah. Every you mentioned very early in your read through that the romance stuff it's not really working it for you. It just came on yeah. so strong and so suddenly. And I just... It was very extra this time. Yeah. It was just a lot. <laughs> and uh, every single scene in this book that was like that, and there was a bunch, honestly. There were a few. Um, every time I got to them, I was like... It, they were extra difficult for me because I knew that you weren't enjoying them. Yeah. So thanks for that. It's all your fault. <laughs> Sorry. And also, also Mike Stackpole's. Like if I had been reading uh, it, it would book. have been fine. But like having to listen yeah. to it at a I think, very I think that's slow true. speed for me, for what was normal <laughs> for me, was just like torture. Like it was really, I had to take a, a bit of a breather before coming back in. Oof. And there's so much to be said about the brilliance of Mark Thompson's audiobook oh, narration. Jared oh, froze on us there for a second. Oh, yeah, it's probably the universe trying to keep me from uh, insulting Mark Thompson's narration. I'm, I'm trying to say oh. his narration is is absolutely masterful. Uh, his alien voices and, and the, the emotion. And the, however, there is a possible critique that you could say his, his female voices are not his strong suit. Oh, we'll you don't much. think so, so Jared? and so we'll talk about if we get on if we get him back on the show we'll 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 ask him about um his process for doing in his defense there are a um, million characters in this series like to have a distinct voice for every character that's every female character as well right or like what do you do with the game (laughs) got one oral yeah is the oral is his oral quirk we'll talk more about oral In a little while, um, uh, well, quirk. Right, so we got we got a lot to say there. Freddy's his his face is about as beet red as the red parts of Boba Fett's helmet. <laughs> you know, like the maroon. That's we have to get a snippet okay, of that. Freddy, oral what's quirk. <laughs> what? everybody's oral quirk impressions? One, two, three. Ready, go. Oral. <laughs> All right, Freddie, your turn. What's your rating for the back door? <laughs> Emily's face the whole time. <laughs> yeah, Emily's yeah. face is frozen in disgust. Oh, unfortunately. Really? It is not. And she's. Oh okay. man, okay. Freddie, what's your rating for those audio for listeners? The just check it out. It's it's fun stuff. Uh, We're having fun tonight. That's for sure. The rating for back to war. Let's see. There's mediocre. Ooh. There's fair. There's good, incredible, and then there's masterpiece. This book is good, but it's definitely incredible. That's for sure. <laughs> so, reading this book, I cannot help but think of all of the tactical warfare that went on and how hard that was to read in the book, but how fun it was to be able to listen to it and just take yourself 
along for the ride. I mean, you're taking these S-turns, these inverted S-turns with, with Corrin Horn, and Mark Thompson uh, does a fantastic job at mispronouncing Ranker. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he does a great job. The that was, that was fantastic. Uh, that was the other guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh it was a fantastic book the the audio if you've never and i know there's there's a few folks out there who've never dive dove into uh any sort of audiobook but but this franchise if you've read it already just go ahead and dive into this you you've read it once probably multiple times it is fantastic you're gonna go on a journey and there is something amazing about these 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 combat situations that that you're sitting along with and you know you're in the head with with Corrin Horn you're in the cockpit and you feel the 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 frustration and yeah this book is is amazing where where it goes you don't know i remember uh you know i haven't read this in a long time i i couldn't remember a lot of of what would happen in the middle i yeah, had an same. idea what happened on the ends but uh listening to the audiobook it was it was a wild ride. <laughs> I feel like the whole time. It's almost time. like you're saying, Freddie. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you're saying, if this book was a grilled cheese sandwich, that oh you knew what the buns were like, but you weren't sure what kind of cheese you were going to get in the middle. Yeah. I knew right, there was we cheese. Discussing that's grilled that's cheese sandwiches. That's a way to describe that, Jared. <laughs> real strange. Mm. <clears throat> what? I, I, you never had one with Fontina? It's very different Fontina. than the, the aged white cheddar. That- Character we in often Greece. go with. Have you had one with Fontina? No, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fontina grilled cheese. The Panera bread. Cha-cha. Ever heard of it? Fontaine. Jimmy Fontaine. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> All right. We're back. Here's my review. I'm going to give it just the good. I would what? give the first Rogue Squadron arc, the first four books as an arc. It's, in, it's incredible for me. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. But mm. this book has so much of the characters sitting around talking to each other. Like, it has so much what? of the... The this just kind of nothing is happening, and they're debating the prices of proton torpedoes. Did we read the same um, book? I mean, you know, you know I, what I liked about it? It showed, <laughs> it showed what it probably takes to be a smuggler, and I was like, man, that's not too far from my job. <laughs> so much of them sitting. So hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to get this straight. So they start off as a part of the New Republic. They decide to yeah. split off buy a space station, accumulate all these ships and like guns and torpedoes. They team up with smugglers. They conquer an entire planet. They kill Isard and steal the Lusankia. Like they, all this happens in your complaint is that they sit around talking too much. <laughs> is, am I getting this right? That's, that's one of my, that's one of my big complaints. Is, it's, but, but it's, I, I think books two and three are just so much better for me. The plots are so much more interesting. This time around, like, they've already conquered Coruscant, and this is like mopping up action. This is, this is, they've just got to go deal with Icehard. And she doesn't have a coherent plan. You think plan. that controlling the, the medical technology necessary for saving half the galaxy is just it's mopping pretty up? pretty essential. <sighs> I can see where Jared's coming from, because it, it's all just like, all right, let's get rid of the past kind of thing. Uh, let's start fresh with a new story. You know, get rid of uh, Dlarit. Who needs her? <laughs> um, get rid of her, uh, and then let's get rid of the Lusankia and everything else. Uh, it's kind of a yeah. total refresh almost. It definitely does. It is. It's kind of tones. It's an independent story. Yeah, it's and I enjoy it. I think that so much of the like the the development with with Gavin Darklighter, yeah, um, is essential. 
window window dressing for the the X Wing series that really adds flavor and depth to the whole thing. But reading it on its own is not my favorite of the series. That's all I'm saying. I see what you mean. But all Emily, right. this was a reread for me. This was like my fourth or fifth time reading this, and oh, okay. I remember liking it more. My I remember liking it more my first time through. This time it's like, yeah, I know that they're doing the whole pirate thing, but that they're gonna be back with the New Republic and. Uh, but I loved the booster stuff. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. um, so I can't wait to Star talk Wars more. Santa Claus. If yep. you know, you know about <laughs> about booster. This is we're looking at the cover, the original cover of the Back to War, uh, with the this, which, according to the Wook, they say is an erroneous cover. Hmm. This scene is never depicted in the book. There are never four star destroyers going up against the one squadron of the X wings. Which that's fair. Shout out to the Wook for being so incredibly pedantic. Yeah. <laughs> so right. so petty to say that Actually. oh yeah by the way this scene never happened in the book says the it's guy beautiful who's like, it by the way there's like no action they just sit yeah. around Hold talking on. the whole time i think the ending is great i think Go it's one of the best space cheese, battles in Jared. all of Go legends i might just make one after the show except for i'm out of slices so i've got to use the sprinkle cheese which is just very uh, messy so messy almost as messy as corin horn's character arc am i right i mean you're not wrong in the kratos trap let's talk about the characters in the kratos trap we learned <gasps> that corn horn is force sensitive who'd have seen that coming not what? me i was too busy rubbing my medallion Oh, um, he had Jer- he had Jedi parentage and is totally gonna <laughs> annoy the bejesus out of Luke Skywalker at the Jedi Academy. But in this book, we learned that rather than don the green Jedi robes, which he will eventually do, Corin wants one last X-wing adventure. Now would be a good time to throw on those shades, Freddie. So here's my question: How do we see in this book the progression of Corin's character arc? I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of laying it out there that the big character arc happened in the last book and that now we're just kind of treading water before I Jedi, which, mm. well, that's a book. Yeah. But uh, I, I haven't read that one yet. I, I think I agree. The, I mean, it doesn't feel like his character moves forward a whole lot. It's kind of like he's sneaking in the last things that he wants to do before he settles down. And then he marries Mirax, yeah. and apparently he's going to just hop over and be a Jedi. So it's like kind of like he's closing off this chapter, finishing oh, all the Wait till you read I Jedi. Wait till you read I Jedi. Yeah? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. He's closing off this chapter. One last ride. It's like senior year. He's already got all his credits yeah. out of the way. He's just, he just needs to you know, go through the motions to get enough of the, the pre-Rex. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. It's been so long since I graduated. Freddie, Cornhorn. Corin Horn, he's trying to figure himself out. He's growing a lot. That's that's one thing about this book. And I believe even Wedge or someone in the book says it as well. He's growing a lot. He's he's a little bit more self-aware. He's learning from a lot of his mistakes. He's understanding the consequences of his actions. Uh, he's not as insufferable as he was and on day one. He's very much a team member and he cares about his people and his, you know... His his girl and and uh, <laughs> his father in law, I guess. <laughs> that whole rivalry, which that's, that's another part of the growth, right? I mean, just trying to get over old rivalries. I mean, this is old rivalry. This is family feud. This is uh, Romeo and Juliet level feud. Uh, but you know, they get through it. They get through it all, and and it's interesting to to see his growth. But 
it's very much a let's get this thing over with and let's move on to the next uh, next story that we have slated this year. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was that year, but I think it was important for uh, him to basically. Yeah, it, he did crank these out very quickly. They need to they need to finish it. Yeah, they needed to finish finish uh, some of that off. They could have drawn it on for a very long time. But so okay, <clears throat> question: Is Corn going to drop out of the series from this point on? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the last of this arc of Rogue Squadron books. So then the yeah. next okay. three books are oh, its yes. own okay. arc. So the Wraith Squadron books, which many people are saying are the superior X-Wing series, mm. which we'll have yeah, to get to eventually. Um, I, I would say they're they're better books. They're better written. Um, though these are very special in the hearts of Legends fans. The Rogue Squadron series. Classic. Very, very special. Corrin Horn has made an imprint. For better or for worse, Corrin Horn left his mark on the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, we've got like an independent stuff. Rogue Squadron story that doesn't doesn't have Corrin. And then we've got an independent, like three more kind of. Uh, one is, is, is Wedge and Hobby and Wes Jansen. Like they're the only three x-wing characters in the in the book so uh and people say starfighters of adamar they say that's the best in the series so yeah corin horn his his arc moves on yeah. into i jedi okay after this if you want some more corin um rick i i think that obviously he had to deal with isard and arisi and we get that in this book but it is very obvious that the best interaction we get with corin in the entire book is with his soon-to-be father-in-law <laughs> booster Tarek. Mm-hmm. First of all, Rick, I've got an alternative title for the book. What do you think about this? Booster's Big Day. <laughs> mm, I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that yeah? Is that dad joke enough for you? I mean, Booster's I like he's he's the star of this book, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. I was thinking I could play off of uh, Booster Tarek and make that like a alternative Rick nickname, you know, like Richter Booster. I don't know. I'll have to work on it some more. But um, anyway, I like I like Booster. He's a good guy. Blank He's, stares, crickets. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I love it when Let my joke never moment. lands. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it might have landed for somebody out there. You never know. That's the beauty of making a podcast. Waiting mm. for my wife to be like, nope, it was still lame. <laughs> I did think about you when I was picking the rock out of my yard, and I thought, hmm, rock is only one letter different from Rick. Oh, that's yeah. about as far as I got with with yeah. that joke. So anyway, that's fair. There are other things that are just one letter different, too. <laughs> <sighs> oh, <okay. laughs> anyway. That one landed. That one landed. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Okay. All right. Anyway, but yeah, Booster's Big Day, man. What a, what a yeah. title. Seriously, what does he walk away with from this? Everything. He's got imp- <laughs> yeah, everything. Like, he totally won. He a Star Destroyer and a, a Son-in-Law. Star Destroyer. I mean, what else do you need? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe he could have done without the, the Son-in-Law, but, yeah. you know... Some new contacts, or at least some strengthened alliances with his contacts, you know? Being the whole middleman for the, the unofficial New Republic. What were they, what did they call themselves when they were off the books? Just Rogue Squadron? Um, squad Rogueren. Rogue, I can't even say that. Rogueren. Rogueren. No. That one was worse than Rick's joke somehow. Oh, Frank, yeah, what were you about say. to say? Oh. <laughs> That was that was a good one. All right, let's move right. on. I'm gonna go cry in a corner. <laughs> that was loyalty right there. Oh, Rick's gone from the from the Rough. stream. <laughs> Looks like Jared has the ultimate power right now. Unlimited. Unlimited yeah, power. Okay. Booster. You know what's We're, so funny? Let's say something about Booster, Freddie. Yeah, Booster. Booster is is lovable. 
in a weird, interesting way. Uh, kind of like a, a rough Santa Claus. I have no idea how else to explain totally it. totally <laughs> Santa Claus. With a cyborg guy. Yeah, rough Santa Claus. <laughs> and a Star uh, Destroyer. But it's funny because I, I felt like when... When I was reading the story, I was like, man, Rick's going to love Booster. I know it. So that was cool to to get some validation there. But he makes oh, yeah. this whole thing possible. He is an incredibly experienced logistics magician. That's what he oh. is. Uh, and he... In this image, he looks like Wolverine smoking a cigar. Yeah, mm, I feel like I he's like definitely it. a little bit older for Legends some reason. Wolverine. A little yeah. bit older. Mm. Um, yeah, c- c- carry on, Freddy. Definitely love that. Whatever, man. That's a interesting bandolier there. This is this this picture is from the Essential Readers Companion, which everybody everybody's favorite. Yeah, Legends everyone should have. Book. If you don't, don't have, know, if this was your if this was your father in law though, how would man that that I'd be this terrified. picture changes things? Yeah, all I'd right. Be terrified. It, here's my here's my proposition. The scene where Corin. Mouths off at Booster Tarek at Huff Dark Huff Darklighter's house. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's like, uh, "You just better watch it, Mister, because her dad is a famed that was a Legends cringy. terrorist, yeah. Booster Tarek." And I, I was out walking my dog, and like I dropped to my knees laughing. <laughs> um, my dog was like licking me, like I had just had a heart attack or something, like trying to get me off the pavement. I just. It was fantastic. And I've read this multiple times, but I've never listened to it on audio. It's different. And now I can listen to it while I walk my dog. And mm-hmm. his booster voice is very much like a, a cigar-smoking Santa Claus oh, kind yeah. of voice. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Keep going. This is good. <laughs> well, Corin. Something yeah. like that. I don't know. <laughs> so let's carry this forward a little bit. How about the the Mirax Corin booster dynamic? It's, it's, it's like a love triangle, but not like a... Two men vouching for romantic love of the woman as much as it's like the dad who very much wants to protect and love the woman and then the boyfriend who is just so incredibly abrasive. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just impossible to get along with Corin Horn. And yet, nevertheless, he's in love with Mirax and yeah. she's in love with his his um, starfighter pilot cockiness or whatever he's got going on. I don't really understand. But... It's a love triangle. All the same? You see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Here's my question. Is it resolved too quickly and conveniently, or do you think, in your opinion, that it's handled in a plausible way? Hmm. I suppose that's a leading question, showing my opinion a little bit. <laughs> uh, Who's going to take this, I feel like it was Emily? pretty plausible. Um, I, I, I don't usually answer first. I'm trying to like hold back, but you guys are really slow to talk. Um. No, I think it was. We're all in a bit of an odd mood tonight with the different streaming setup. We're all kind of <laughs> yeah. like tiptoeing no, okay. on eggshells, hoping that this episode will just work. That's true. <laughs> it's that's creating true. an You're odd not. dynamic. It really is. Yeah, no, I feel like it works because here, Mirax is an incredibly independent woman, and Booster knows this. I mean, he raised her. He knows that when she her mind is made up, like there's mutual respect there that's beyond the typical like daddy's little girl kind of thing. It's they're kind of business partners in a lot of ways. And there's just this mutual respect. So when she makes a choice that he doesn't fully understand, I feel like he gives her the benefit of the doubt on some level. And then when Corin grows up and apologizes and then kind of backs off, I think that's when Booster starts to see like, okay, I see what Mirak sees in you. So like, I don't agree with this choice necessarily, 
but I respect my daughter. And then when he proves that he can be chill, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it, it works, but a little more character development on that might have been nice to make it a little more plausible. I don't know. We do get some more in I, Jedi, yeah. from what I remember. I read it a couple of years ago. Uh, I was helping Corey to find interesting passages for the uh, the Utini Patreon bonus episode we did a couple of years ago where Corey red-eyed Jedi in a pool hat, and that's all that happened. <laughs> and I tried to find some, some juicy passages for him, and boy, did I. Whew. That was in fact, he couldn't best. even... <laughs> He couldn't even read all of them uh, for some reason. Okay, um, Freddie, how about uh, the, the love triangle? You see where I'm going with this? Love triangle. What? I feel like it was that classic. That was not a triangle. I was yeah, trying to spin the, it. The love triangle, guys. It was like a circle love triangle. you just did. Love circle. Love circle. Uh. I, would give, I would give Wedge more credit. To your point, Emily, I would give Wedge more credit for helping these mm. two man babies to resolve their drama <laughs> yeah then well, he was, um, he i was would corin for apologizing he was a yeah, neutral right. a neutral party he was a completely neutral party not anybody who offended the law and nobody that really you know a necessary person they he was uh his family was running a gas station right a pretty honorable thing and sure you know wedge is not someone you really want to get mad at because i feel like he's he's really trying to go for the best cause and if you're against wedge then you're kind of against <laughs> probably the best cause uh but but you know there's a lot of growth like i said corin had to grow and understand that one he really loved mirax right like her over everything her over the fight if he wanted to be with her he knew that he needed to be the better person in the situation to apologize and say look we we might not get along but uh you know <laughs> love your daughter <laughs> and uh to be honest i i feel like it's kind of weird for them to have such a feud i understand it because it's father it was his father but it's like man go fight your own battle like that was your dad's battle this has nothing to do with you and but right. i i guess i yeah. could see like the the, the basic, whole propaganda thing but yeah the basic think, premise Jared? of the feud is that it's Corin's just just for anybody who may be lagging behind here on some of the details? Corin's father, Hal, had put Booster in prison in the first place. That's the source of the fight. Kessel. So, um, it, Booster says, "Like I would never." Yeah, it sends him to Kessel. That's right with the spiders. He says, "I would never uh, want my daughter to marry a horn." And that's so that's the, and and then Corin's like, I, you know, um, I'm not my father, and so yeah, the, that's the real spin on the Star Wars formula. You've heard of. I am your father, but it's in the back to war where we have the big twist. Is I hate your I'm father. not my father, oh. <laughs> and I don't want to and be then, your father-in-law. Oh. And then the next book, the twist is who's your daddy? Oh. So I mean, it's just we really. <laughs> what an episode we're having! Um, All right. Uh. <laughs> Moving along, I will say I feel like that the love triangle for not love triangle, but like that tension was explainable more so than the demise of Isard and Arisi. I feel like those were more abrupt. I wanted more yeah. there. Um, can we you talk about that? too much time at Huff Darklighter's house. Way too much time acquiring <laughs> proton torpedoes and not enough time dealing with Isard. Yeah. Go ahead, Freddie. No, I, 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 Emily's on a, on a roll right there. I think you know, their, their deaths were very short 
abrupt, uh, quick. And when it was done, I was like, are, are you sure they're dead? Like a few chat, like sure? a few paragraphs, like not even pages. I don't think it was just cut it like- to them. I'm going to the shelves. I got to grab a book. Cut it to them. <laughs> okay. Emily, keep going. This is, this is all you right now. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I just, I feel like I wanted more. Like we got four whole books of Isard and like, was it two, at least two, if not three, where Arisi was a traitor and we didn't know it. And then just to have that like so short of like a little like footnote, like, oh yeah. And then he like chased Arisi down and she just like yeah. crashed into the moon. There wasn't even an explosion and she would have hated that. Like. Like, yes, it was like it left her wanting more. She wanted to go out in more glorious death, but it also kind of left me wanting more. Where, like, I, I kind of wanted her to go out in a blaze of glory, but, like, I guess you kind of want to twist the knife a little bit when there's a traitor. I don't know. Mm. What do you mm-hmm. think? Sure. Definitely. All right. What if <laughs> I told sure. you, Just looking at whatever There is found. a book. <laughs> what if I told you, Emily, that there is another book in the X-Wing series Titled, can I get the one, Rick? Ready? Titled, Isard's Revenge. Yeah. So there is Wait, a book what? called Isard's Revenge. Does that mean that she's not dead? I can't remember. To be honest, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I know that it's like a big thing during the book about like whether or not she's dead or is alive. And uh, I can't remember. So nobody spoil it. But um, we, we do days. have... Uh, the plausibility <sighs> that she may not be dead. Okay. Yeah. Could be a, a reverse. We're going to call her her demise the reverse Broar Jace situation. It's book eight. Where, yeah, so you got some yeah, reading to do. Um, okay. <laughs> so think about this. Broar Jace gets that. blown up at the... Broar Jace gets blown up at the end of the first book, and then he comes back from the dead. So now the question is, does, the, does she pull a Broar Jace? You have to find out in book eight. We don't know. I can't remember, honestly. <laughs> I just can't remember. So uh, there's a lot to read. I don't know that they're going to get that deep in the series as part of the Essential Legends collection. So you might have to find you an old crusty 90s copy. Hate to break it to you. Speaking of which, mine's missing mm. the corner of the back of the book. Apparently, oh, yeah. I didn't Very nice. realize that. To hang out in the smug- smugglers group to find another one. Um, we've talked mm. about some of the villains, talked about Booster. We've got one more character here to talk about here, and that is this. How about Oral Quirk? His mm. character arc, we find out quite early in the book that he's got some representatives from his home planet, Gand, there to uh, do some fact-finding or historical research on him, and at the Aren't end we learn that he is now able to communicate using first-person pronouns, which felt very 2023 of us to like be having a pronouns conversation. Yeah, in that is true. Ahead of its time. I didn't think that, it's actually, like, yeah. At the end of the book, they're like, oh, you changed your pronouns. <laughs> and I'm just, yeah. I'm just dying. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> Absolutely dying. Good. I noticed that, too. I was like, wow, this is weird in the 90s. Way to go, 90s. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. I I, yep. I think we all kind of had that same reaction. I was like, huh, how, how timely for the for this whole thing to go down. And I think you have a question here, Jared, that is pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, so let's move into the into the overarching questions. We talked about the characters. We've got a handful of the, the big picture questions. One of them is from the chat, Joseph. So uh, shout out to Joseph for this excellent question. And to be honest, we need to like put out a Utini guide on this because it is one of the most difficult and most frequently asked questions in Utini history. I mean, this one comes up all the time. 
What is the relationship between the Rogue Squadron books and the comics? The question specifically, you can see it right here live on the stream, is do the Rogue Squadron comics follow the books? I think we need to cover these on the show in we order do. to give the most accurate answer. I think we do. What uh, I remember, so it's Elsko, been a few years since I... Go, go ahead, Freddie. Yeah, the, so there, yes, there's... There's there's different folks in Rogue Squadron, I think, before we see the Rogue Squadron that we're in. Uh, Wedge has a whole situation with, I want to say, a whole different set of rogues. And, and I can't remember, honestly. It's been a while, and I think... You're right, Jared. We need to cover this. But, like, for instance, El Scaloro. She was created by Stackpole for the Rogue Squadron comic books. Um, that was, like, what, 1995? And, you know, her and Wedge, I believe, were going on... on trips together or, or on on uh, missions together I, I don't remember too much it's been a long time but she does show up in this book so there is some some cool like if you if you read the comics then you read the books you would you would say oh my goodness Elskull showed up finally it was really cool to see yeah, that yeah she's back mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and so these are collected in the legends um Marvel Epic Collections New Republic Volumes 2 and 3. And then we've got a hardcover omnibus coming out this year that collects every last issue of the Rogue Squadron comics, which is cool. Um, nice. What I remember is that these, the simple answer is, the comics are set before the books. So the comics are a prequel yeah. to the books. Mm-hmm. I'm reading them right um, now. I'm like only like two or three issues in. And yeah, I definitely was. I was expecting them to have much more overlap. But yeah, they're... Um, there is overlap, some of the same characters, but it's definitely before. They were written concurrently, which is odd. So he was writing the books and the comics at the exact same time. Hmm. <laughs> They're just set in different eras, which is why yeah. the beginning of the Rogue Squadron book, you're like, did I miss something? Yeah. It starts off where he's like, oh, I guess we've got to restart Rogue Squadron because all the old ones mostly died. And <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's our starting place. Mm-hmm. Huh? So great yeah. question. Appreciate the question. That's... uh. And the answer is there's a lot there for us to dive into that we really haven't yet on the show. A handful of other overarching questions here. This book, after all, is called The Back to War. And though ChatGPT wanted to say that it was the Rogue Squadron uh, facing off against the Bacta, they are not the villains. In fact, uh, Bacta is, a, is medicine. It's drugs. Um, a plant? Would you call it a plant or drugs? Mm, it's a pharmaceutical. Medicinal herb? Yeah. Yeah, it's an essential oil. There you go. It's essential oil. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think the back to crisis itself Coming to a cult near you. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Makes for, do you think it makes for a compelling and interesting core plot of the book, the back to crisis itself? Yes. I said in the summary that it's honestly a lot of bug stuff. I think it's essential, man. It's literally what saves people's lives. It's the only treatment for the the virus. So, like, it's essential. Yeah, it's still essential. Okay. It, it's essential for the military, too. And, and I feel like when the military needs something, they need to get it. <laughs> right? I'm, sure. It's part of having a, a good force. Uh, how many times have we seen Luke? Imagine if Bacta didn't exist in this in this galaxy. We, everyone would be gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And some, I mean, I, I enjoy, like, political discussions. Like, Darth Plagueis was really good, and that really gets in the weeds of politics and sort of, you know, some of the um, <clears throat> logistics, I guess. Uh, and this book is the same the same kind of thread of lots of logistics, lots, lots of yeah. 
making things work. And so it makes it feel real and um, just like it episode shows one how with all the politics. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not just good versus evil. It's it's explaining how good actually does its job. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really, I think it was a good plot. Yeah, you know what helped me with the plot this time around? I've always kind of struggled with the Asher and the Zaltan and the Zuckfra oh, yeah. and Oof. the the back to factions. Honestly, just like oh man, I can't wait for this part to be over. Let's get back to <laughs> some booster drama. Um, this time around, it helped me because all of the, the the Zoltan, right, they're the ones that had the coup that gave control to Isard. That's not the guy I at the so. fair that you put the nickel in and he gives you a fortune? <laughs> fortune. Oh, the, yeah. Listen, the Zoltan, they, you knew they were the villains because they had British accents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was how I was able to keep them straight. This time around, all of the Zoltan, like uh, uh, Reese's back to faction. They all had British accents, and they were uptight. And uh, Broar Jace's faction, they were down to earth. I love the accents they go with, too. It's kind of like a German-ish. Yeah, it's German-ish. For sure, not British. Thank you for that, Freddie. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, The Europeans, you know, uh, they're over there on their side of the pond doing their thing. All right. Um, We talked about the the factions of the Bacta. What about the the, the factions of the Rebels? This time around, we find the Rogue Squadron being kind of off on their own, a little splinter uh, pirate group. Do do they work for you better as a legitimate government fighter squadron or as a ragtag rebel stick-it-to-the-man under-the-radar squadron? This one's pretty easy. You guys can go if you have something, or I can shoot for it. Go ahead. Party. Okay. Okay. So, Rogue Squadron, they are a special ops group. They need to be able to do things that uh they've got a lot of funding basically. That's kind of what makes a military group so special is funding. Uh, and these guys, they need funding. Uh, they all need funding. <laughs> uh but but they also are going f- towards a cause that's a little it's a little aggressive, right? It's it's pretty aggressive for a new government and uh it, it's difficult in politics to associate those things together and that's why you know contractor militaries exist uh they don't fall under the same rules and and guidelines of the i don't think they even follow the same rules of the geneva convention so (laughs) yeah at at times in order for you to do something convention in space (laughs) yeah uh so uh, you know as as a group that is kind of doing something in the gray zone it's for the good of things but it's hard to really come up with a political reason of why we need to go do this and uh i think they played it perfectly well we're gonna go do it ourselves and we'll figure it out don't worry about us and i think that you know that that says a lot about that group they're they're incredibly capable look look at what they did by themselves basically uh pretty amazing that's a good point anybody else want to disagree with freddie they're operating in the, I don't know, in the I gray like area. Oh, we look at. Uh... <laughs> oh my gosh. Fred, Freddie's got a Luke action. Luke Skywalker the, uh... action figure that looks like Donald Trump. Trump the orange Trump, skin. Trump Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Put that thing away. Give that man. Give that man a red hat. Oh, Come on. Man. <laughs> Some um, golf clubs. This guy's buff. <laughs> That's buff Luke. Oh my goodness! Look at what an abs. episode we've had. Emily, save us, please. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like trying to stick to the point. Oh. Um, we're so close to the finish line. Come we're on, we're so close. 
Uh, almost made it. No, so I feel like, like, yes, it was effective, but, like, this is something that is so, like, like, if you want to be a special ops group, you have to, like, just start secret and stay secret. You know, you can't just be like, oh, you know, we're part of the New Republic. I'm like, oh, no, we're not. We painted our, like, we painted our starships. You can't tell that we're in the New Republic anymore. Yeah. And we're going to get our money from a slightly different source. And then they, like, just turn around and go right back into it at the very end. So it's kind of like, okay, like, no one's going to believe that you weren't. Yeah. Like, yeah. That this wasn't That's sanctioned. Fair. You know, like, if you want to be secret, you got to stay secret. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh. And at the it end, would, they just kind of tied it all up. Hey, <laughs> welcome back. Yeah. Uh, that was a little too convenient. Like, okay, one book, you're just going to, like, pop out. Do it like a heist, basically, and then like pop back in. Not a heist. That's why Jared like, gives it a know, good. What you want to call it? Yeah, I will <laughs> yeah. say it would it would have been better maybe if um, there was some some actual tension. Two books between the the legitimate. <laughs> yeah. Back to War One and Two. <laughs> oh, that too. Chat GPT, like, get on it. <laughs> that's right. It'll, it'll it'll put it out and get Thrawn in there and <laughs> who else? I don't know. That's right. But um. Yeah, so like if if there actually was like this whole thing where like the the Republic was chasing down Rogue Squadron as well, that would be fun. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it worked out. That's that's a great that's a great idea, Rick. They should hire you that as a, a consultant. Idea. I should be a consultant. Go ahead. I just love the snapping. You got to keep doing that. <laughs> the snapping. Did y'all see in the video I do with my brother where I go to clap to like conclude the episode? I was like, "All right, that does it." And he sees that the exact he sees me about to do it, and he does it with me. <laughs> no. like that absolutely that so good. killed me. Nice. My wife said we need to get him to church, and when I do that at the end of a sermon, all right, that wraps it up. And like have him clap with me. And anyway, it was that it was, was that was a good one. It was great. It was a I good do video. Have to say that like in that episode, you did say that I worked at Dolly World, and that's not a thing. <laughs> it's what? Dolly Wood. And I did Dolly. have to correct you. I appreciate I appreciate the shout out, and it was hilarious um. that we got a genuine Gen Zer on the show. But I did just need to <laughs> do Dolly World. What I call it? Dolly World. I'm gonna have nightmares at this doll-filled amusement park. That's gonna be my new nightmare. Thanks for. That. I called it Dolly World, and it's it's actually called. Dollywood. Dollywood. But I understand Dollywood, like your Hollywood. confusion. That's the pun. Because there's Disney World. And then sure, this Disney, is... I've been there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I get it. I just needed Dolly <laughs> oh, to know that I fought for her. <sighs> you did. For you fought for right. Dolly. Dolly. Somebody World. had to do it. And there Dolly it is. Won. And... <laughs> You know, she is the Dalai Lama <laughs> after all. You know who I would fight for, and that is Wedge mm. Antilles. Yes. yes, Dennis Lawson himself. This is a yep. big deal. It's our last, our last point. We're going to go out tonight. This is a, a point that was raised in the Utini team chat this week, and I just it had to make it on the show. And that is this. It, it, I don't know if this is the first time ever. It might be. I know that he really distanced himself from Star Wars for a long time. The original Wedge Antilles, Dennis Lawson, is going to be at Star Wars Celebration this year after he was just recently in The Rise of Skywalker for 1.2 seconds. He is now back at Star Wars Celebration. Anybody yep. going to Celebration? You going, Freddie? I'm Freddy? going. Got my, my passes. I'm ready to go. Ready I'm going to go. be sad with Rick this time around. Not there. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> you going. won't go because it's on Easter. 
It's on and Easter? as a minister, there's n- there's no way you can go yeah. when it's time to schedule that. When it's LTC, yeah, a bunch of pagans. LTL, and your own <laughs> church doing stuff. You got too much stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope you get a picture with with Wedge, Freddie. I I would love to contribute toward the Wedge Fund. And, and by the way, like there's a there's a whole story the Wedge Fund. Yeah, please, that would be great. There's a whole story, and and I I need to check my facts on this, but. There, there was something about Dennis Lawson not even knowing that people wanted him to come back or loved him and all this stuff and uh, ended up getting connected with somebody who got him connected with actually getting into the movie. Uh, and it was it was oh, an cool. incredible experience, I think. <laughs> I don't remember. It's been a long time. but uh, I know what you're talking about. I feel like I that might be the story. It, it was like, like podcasters that basically got him to get it back into the films or something i i can't remember we'll but have to look into it yeah look it up good i love yeah. it yeah that's right well eric speaking of podcasters our buddy mm-hmm. from the living force eric eilerson uh showed off this beautiful picture of this the salt and pepper grain uh, aged wisdom filled wedge that we've got look at this dennis lawson mm. yeah. tell me that this man would not make for a perfect mentor he would to a younger new group of uh scrappy young pilots in the rogue squadron movie which may or may not be happening they announced it and then we've heard like next to nothing since yep cue the top gun music (laughs) what do you think our chances are what do you think our chances are that's right you all right here we go we're gonna do a bit rick you're going to do the top gun you're gonna sing it while Mm -hmm. i talk about the pitch ready Go. We got a young, scrappy group of young pilots all boarding their X-Wings, zipping up their flight suits, locking their X-Wheels into attack position when Dennis Lawson pats them on the helmet and says, fly high. No, he says, what does he say? What do they say in this book? Be um, quiet, Iceman. We're rogues. <laughs> we're, he says, we're rogues. We do the impossible. Impossible no. is our expertise. I want, I want Wedge to that, come straight oh out and say, this is what it this is. is He's going to come lived. out. Jared, he's going to go, welcome to the back to war. Here's Hope and Iceheart <laughs> and her people choke on your death seeds. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> pretty good. I was, I was going to go for the line that said like 10 or 15 times in this book, which is... Like, uh, somebody's like, that's impossible! And then Corin says, we're Rogue Squadron. <laughs> impossible is our speciality. Speed is what will keep a say. pilot like, safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. They say it over and over. Anyway, I think that we are primed, locked and loaded. S-Foils are in attack position to have Dennis Lawson announced to be in the new Rogue Squadron movie Ooh. at Star Wars Celebration. You heard it here first, folks. That's my <sighs> prediction. So... Uh, we're going to need like a live reaction shot from you at Celebration, Freddie, if that is announced. Okay. okay. That'd be insane if I get to Bring experience your camera. that. Yeah. Dude, Bring yes. your uh, your broom arm. What was that thing called? The the zoom arm. The one that you can that we used line. at the premiere. No, no, no. It's like a it's like a lightsaber, but you stick your phone on the top. Oh yeah, the it's and that can, uh, DJI it, but it stays thing the gimbal for your phone, the gimbal. Gimbal, yeah. Uh... I was like, are we you got talking there. about a selfie stick, Jared? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> a little more advanced. <laughs> Drop like, the boom arm. is a selfie stick. Uh, but... Rick, I'm not sure I would make that gesture yeah, on I'm the podcast, go both actually. arms next time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we landed the plane in the oh, end. What an episode boy. it has been. But we have landed yep. the plane, or should we say the X-Wing? Also, no, one more great question fine. here in the chat. <laughs> one more great question here from Joseph. He says, isn't the Alphabet Squadron book about a new crew of X-Wing pilots... Almost. It's a, an assorted group of starfighter pilots, which is where the alphabet comes into the name. Right? We got the uh, the, the mm. X-Wing, the A-Wing, the B-Wing, and the the Y-Wing, unfortunately. E-wing. And that's... Um, isn't that the question? Why? Wing. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. B-Wing. Absolutely. Yeah, they're outdated. I need you slow. to... Be the wing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh There's gosh, a U-wing. That's, that's a canon thing. Starfighter the... Philosophy 101 <laughs> by from Rick and Freddie. Freddie Grace. <laughs> that does it for this week. Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your amazing support. We love making this show, and we are glad you are along for this wild ride that we've got here in our cockpits with the 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 S-foils and the inertial compensators, and you know what we're talking about. You know, we just did it. We finished the first four it's books of the X-Wing series, and we are grateful that uh, you have helped us support us on our journey. A special thank you to the Jedi High Council, Brian, Julie, Earl, Q, and Carl Sander, and the Alliance High Command, Chris Carrizo, Ashley Ingalls, Elizabeth Cloutier, and Sally, and Chris Eilerson. Remember to sub to the channel and leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. The little thumbs up button helps too. The like button that helps people to see it. So they say. I don't know for sure. Once your thoughts are on the show, you can con- you can find our contact information in the description below. And of course, we are on Twitter as well at Legends Look Back. Remember, everybody, to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast.